Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And this episode is sponsored by Christina Swan. Thank you, Christina. Swan. You. You're awesome. <laughs> I guess that's what I guess that's what other swishers call her in like the the swisher chat groups and stuff that they have going on they all All call her swan Christina took us all all around New York she's awesome oh cool all right well maybe I'll get to meet her maybe yeah 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 Yeah, I think she's coming awesome all right today we will be discussing chapter eight of Harry Potter and the goblet of fire that's throwing me off so much. Oh, I'm fire. sorry. <laughs> I typed it in all the other ones. I know. Um, I should know the book title, though, right? You would think mm-hmm. uh, being on a Harry Potter podcast. But the title is called <laughs> The Quidditch World Cup. So make sure you have read the chapter and you're ready to dive into the details before we begin. I don't know how I feel about this weekly profit. Honestly. Um... I don't know, guys. So, I have some thoughts, but, so, okay, so the weekly profit this week is that we got word that the third Fantastic Beasts production start date has been pushed back by several months. So, they were supposed to start filming this summer, now they are not beginning filming until the end of autumn, is what it says. So, that movie, like... The premiere date is not going to be... No, I don't think so. ...fall of 2020. No. Right. I think it might be spring of 2021. It just makes me so nervous because I know that crimes did not do as well as they wanted. I don't think they would cut back movies, but I'm just like, what? why? Why? Tell me why. Tell me I'm getting all of my movies. And if I'm not, Joe, I need me some novels. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't worry yet. I mean, like, yeah, it didn't do as well as they wanted, but, like, it still did well. I mean, they made a lot of money. I know, and, I know but, you um, know, I movie think people. That, 
I know, but I think part of it is that they just want the quality to be where the fans want it to be. And um, I think that they're going to go back to, though, here's, here's, okay, so here's the thing. I think that they're going to go back to the script, but I just want to say, in my opinion, I don't think it was the script. I think that it was the editing. And I think that they really need to focus on editing these films to make sure that they don't leave information out that is relevant to the story. Yes. Okay. Someone on our group um, suggested maybe it's a possibility because Catherine Watterson is, is pregnant, pregnant right now. So maybe they had to push it back for her. Uh, so I don't who know. Is her character? Because I don't know. Tina. 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 So, gotcha. so main character. <laughs> I mean, um, whatever. <laughs> she she did look pretty pregnant at the premieres, though. So, like, I don't know mm. if that would really have it. I'm not sure if that would have anything to do with it. I kind of feel like she would have the baby by then, but maybe she just requested yeah, more time. Maybe. Give that woman <clears throat> all the time in the world. I can wait. Yeah. Because I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that might have something to do with it. But I think also that they just really want to make sure that the quality of the film is where the fans want it. And yeah. if if they are really just going to take a look at like how they edited the last film, the things that Joe wrote in there that they maybe took out that maybe they regretted doing after the film came out, just to kind of like take a step back and, and make sure that they're doing things correctly for this next film. Well, I think the pushback from the fans helps. As much yeah. as we're like, oh, you know, we're just the fans. Well, guess what? They're making it for us. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As much as Joe is doing it for herself, because I think every artist has to make art for themselves, but they're doing it for us. And mm -hmm. it's not like they're going to give us fan service, but I think the things that we wanted out of the film were just, you know, what she had written. Like, if right. the author writes it, or the creator creates it, I and know intends it. the viewers to get it that way then it needs to be that way. And hopefully the pushback from Potterheads all around will help that next film, if that is on their minds at all. And it better be. I think it is. I agree. I mean, Potter fans are very... Um, I mean, we're one of the biggest fandoms <laughs> ever. We're very opinionated with our peppers. Ooh, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like there's literally so many of us, we're, we're literally a force. So I think that... That's very plausible that we could impact how they view the next film. You know what I mean? Of how to make it. Yeah. It's possible. And it's not like I'm asking for all the answers right now. Right. This is what we said we wanted. We wanted speculation. So if you're on that train, slow your roll and think about the years we had to go in between books and just right. calm down for a second. But, like, I just, I want all the answers in the end. Right. I think that my biggest thing with this last film is, like, I just want information that is going to make the story easier to follow to be in there, such as, like, we didn't know who that Beast Hunter was, and, like, that wasn't explained at all, and that's really silly that that wasn't explained. I'm sure that it was originally. But, like, stuff like that, you need to, you need to think before you cut something out to make sure that the fans are going to be able to follow the story correctly. And I think yeah, that they cause... didn't do that very well in this last film. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys, I don't want to, I don't want to be mean or anything, but like, if you guys are mad about how the, fa the fact that we don't have answers to stuff, like you need to calm down. I mean, I don't think that that was an issue with this film. I just think that some details maybe were an issue with the film. Yeah. But like, don't be mad about the fact that, you know, Credence is who he is or anything like that. Like, we don't even know any of the answers yet. So take a chill pill. Take mm -hmm. a couple steps back. Let's just relax and wait for the next film to see what we see what we get. Have a cup of coffee, drink some tea, <laughs> chill. <Yeah. laughs> all so, right. Yeah. Tis all. Tis all. Yep. All right. Look at me. It's time. <laughs> <laughs>
with a rubber rubber recap. <laughs> that was a good one. All right. <laughs> so, last time the crew found their campsite, they put up their tent. We love magic. <laughs> <laughs> the trio get to see a lot of friends there, like Oliver Wood and Seamus Finnegan and ooh, Cho Chang. Ooh. Um, Ludo Bagman took a bet from Fred and George that Ireland will win, but Crumb will get the snitch. We'll see how that turns out. And after purchasing some super expensive souvenirs, it's time for the 422nd Quidditch World Cup. That was great. Awesome. Thank you. <clears throat> awesome. So, so it's time for the match. So they head to the top box where there's other people sitting there that some they know, some they don't know. Um, Quidditch is played. You know, play is going to play. Ball is going to ball. <laughs> and the twins must be psychic because they're 100% right with uh, the outcome of the game. And that's it. That's the summary that, of my chapter. That was like a little bit of Sarah and a little bit of Florence. It <laughs> <That> was weird. <laughs> It was also a little bit of Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm just saying. How? Because you, she said... That's, she no, said, that's not... No, no, no. Do not know. Play is gonna play. Ball is gonna ball. Shot call is gonna call. Play is gonna play, play, play. Hate is gonna Swift. hate, 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 hate. Yeah, but oh. that's not the question. <laughs> oh, my. Is it like three, three LW or something? It was... It was oh, Swift. throwing it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you. I got oh you. I, get it. I didn't More importantly, it. though, it, it was also Taylor Swift. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Katie, I, I put up here before I start my notes. Get ready for Ding City. Oh, let me, uh, Crack my knuckles here for a second. All right. Where's the you bell? got, oh, you got, got the bell. Okay. I got the bell prepped and ready. Prepped and ready. Because I don't have one up here, and I am certainly not walking downstairs to get it. Because hashtag I'm cozy. I got you. All right. But I thought it would be really great to start out the chapter just reading. Because it's just a short little paragraph, and I really liked it. So here we go. Clutching their purchases, Mr. Weasley in the lead, they hurried into the wood following the lantern lit trail. They could hear the sounds of thousands of people moving around them, shouts of laughter, snatches of singing. The atmosphere of feverish excitement was highly infectious. Harry couldn't stop grinning. I love that. That's so awesome. Cause like so purely happy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've all like been somewhere. Like I've been to a concert or something where like you just feel the atmosphere is just so it's just so great and like you literally can't stop smiling. Like everything about your experience is just amazing. Yeah, I feel like we could I all yeah, relate somehow to that. That's like me at the Wizarding World for the first time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to go back. All right. So, the group walked through the wood for about 20 minutes. Sing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Slacking already. Uh, they were just having a grand old time. And finally, they come out to the other side of the wood, and they're looking up at a gigantic stadium. So I thought to myself, well, how gigantic? So <laughs> I looked up the biggest stadiums in the world, and the Rungrado, maybe? Rungrado? First of May Stadium seats 114,000 people. Michigan Stadium seats 107 601,000. Gotta conclude that one. Right? Beaver Stadium, 106,527,000. And 
Hello, Ohio Stadium. Ooh. 944,000. Yes, Sarah. Where's the first stadium? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, that stadium is in North Korea. Oh. And it was completed, okay. the build, on May 1st, 1989. But the best stadium is Ohio Stadium, let's be real. Correct. I like that it's <laughs> up there. Top and then four. where's... So where's Beaver Stadium? I got you. So let's go in order. So the second biggest was Michigan Stadium. That's in Ann Arbor. Boo. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I'm not. Go Bucks. Okay. Beaver Stadium <laughs> is in State College, Pennsylvania. Mm. And Ohio oh. Stadium, of course, is in Columbus, Ohio. Is that Penn State? Beaver Stadium? I bet that's Penn State. Penn that's... State are the Lions. So Oh probably... yeah, you're right. Okay, I don't know. Should I saw Taylor see? Swift at Ohio Stadium. Shouldn't they be groundhogs? Maybe. Okay. Katie, get out. It's almost February. <laughs> it's almost February. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sarah, did you like that I did a little Sarahism there? Looking up the I stadium? Did. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're I, welcome. I did nothing for nothing. Mine, so You did no Sarah. You did it for me. Okay. <laughs> I I didn't even do notes. I'm just kidding. I did. But. And just so you know, um, all of those numbers are the exact number of Danny DeVito's first stadium. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, he would fit in all the seats. <laughs> Actually, wouldn't it be like doubled because you could probably fit two in every seat? Well, I don't no. know. He needs to be cozy. Oh. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So get that bell finger ready. Here we go. There were gold wall surrounding the field and Harry could tell that it could fit 10 cathedrals in it comfortably. How could you tell that, Harry? I don't know. Magic, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, has he ever even gone on a field trip with cathedrals? Does he even know what one looks like? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mr. Weasley told Harry that it could seat 100,000. So, wizards, what you doing? Because yeah. that's less than... Uh, some muggle stadiums there. True. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that exclusive. They're like 100,000 no more. Yeah, maybe. Well, that and maybe they only have, only so many people are going to be able to get tickets if they're so expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I just thought of? What if people used like any means of flying to like sneak watch the games or like sit in trees around <laughs> the area to sneak watch the game without tickets? I bet they would. Oh, there's somebody. You think people are, they have, like, a ministry task force, like, of people patrolling the area to, like, bust people who don't have tickets who are trying to watch? Oh, yeah. I love I think it. if you're outside the stadium, it's okay. You're not in there. Oh, my gosh. You're <laughs> such a slither. It's like you're tailgating. Yeah, it's, it's like tailgating. It's broomgating. I mean, how many people do you think go to concerts at stadiums and just stand outside to hear it? I mean, I bet it happens. I've never done that, but I've maybe never it done it. But. That sounds sad. Yeah, I would be sad. I'd be like, oh, man, I'm missing it. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, a task force of 500 <laughs> ministry workers have been working on it all year, and there are muggle-repelling charms all over it. And I said, there are a lot of numbers here. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to pull up um, the muggle-repelling charm thing. Repello muggleton. <laughs> there it is. That is the spell. Or charm, <laughs> rather. So the Harry Potter wiki just brings up the fact that Mr. Weasley said that in this book, it says that Hogwarts and Durmstrang are both protected by those charms. And it also says Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, they are, are used on the habitats of some magical creatures. 
Hermione used this spell also when they are camping and hunting Horcruxes. The uh, Dick Sporting's Good movie. <laughs> That's what my dad calls it. <laughs> yeah, that movie is oh. just an ad for Dick Sporting Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> yeah, kinda. I, I enjoy it. it. I uh I can't get into that. <laughs> but then I went on the lexicon, and they have references from the canon about this. So it was used at the Quidditch World Cup. Um, also, Durmstrang, blah, blah, blah. And it also says about Grimwald Place, at, put every security measure known to wizard kind. Um, and that was Orion Black putting that on his home. Um, Hermione again... And it says, here's a specific one. Muggle repelling charms will not keep the unmagical from seeing the Kelpie, or as some people like to say, the Loch Ness Monster, or a Pogribbon, hmm. which is a Russian demon that has a head like a rock and follows humans. Large dragons and the Yeti are also problematic. And that was from Fantastic mm. Beasts. I like the Kelpie that. is a cool one. Yeah. I hope we get to, I hope the Kelpie plays a plays a role in um, Fantastic Beasts, because I feel like we spent a lot of time. We mm-hmm. spent more time than we should have for just a cameo, so I feel like uh, I feel like the Kelpie's gonna be important. Yeah. I hope so. Alright, so back to the chapter. We find out that they have prime seats in the top box, and I thought this was... I liked this, because I said that is opposite of Muggle Sports. I said the nosebleeds are the bad section, and the lower levels the good section, but obviously for Quidditch, since it's played in the air... It's completely opposite. Yeah. Man, I would not oh. be a fan. I don't like those seats way up high. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think sitting down below, I it would be, like, you would have to have the omni-oculars to even enjoy. Your neck. Your neck would hurt from looking yeah. up. Yeah. <clears throat> completely. All right. The steps of the stadium were covered in purple. And I said it was probably swish and flick purple. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> it's the best. And they work right. They worked their way up and finally found themselves in the top box, which was the highest point in the stadium. It was halfway between the golden goalpost, about twenty purple and gilt chairs were in the top box. And I legit thought that this was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> purple and gold. I thought it must have meant purple and gold. And I said, say, what is that? Well, let me tell you, because I thought it was a typo. So I looked it up. It is a kind of chair. And if you guys click the um, link I put in the doc, uh, there are two beautiful purple and gilt chairs for sale. Purple on gilt, rather. It's like a fancy, I don't know, it's like a fancy, very um, royal looking chair. I need There's a lot of frames that are like that. Like, that's a popular yeah. frame They're order. very ornate. <clears throat> like, I imagine all of the portraits in the headmaster's office are made yeah. out of frames like that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. I want these. So, did you guys know what that meant? No. Or did you guys do? You do? You did? I, I heard it before. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Sarah would be the one out of us who's like, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I never questioned it. AF. <laughs> I never questioned it, but I didn't know what it was. Well, now you do. Yeah. And now our listeners will know. <laughs> All right, here we go. As Harry looks around, he sees 100,000 <laughs> witches and wizards taking their places and their seats, seats, which rose in levels around the oval-shaped stadium. Everything was basically covered in this mysterious golden 
light, which seemed to come from the stadium itself. The field looked smooth as velvet, and at either end of the field, there were three golden hoops that were about 50 feet high. There was a gigantic blackboard with gold writing that would dash across it as if an invisible giant were writing. And I said, if I didn't know what true giants were like, I would say that this was totally plausible. Maybe it's just covered in a giant invisibility cloak. Maybe. Silence. But, but, like, you have to think about giants, you know? They're not smart. (laughs) Oh, rude! They're just kind of wild, and I don't think that they would like this job. But anyways, I wanted to read because the things on the blackboard were advertisements. Hello. Just like the Muggle World. The blue bottle. A broom for all the family. Safe, reliable, with built-in anti-burglar buzzler. Mrs. Scours, all-purpose magical mess remover. No pain, no stain. <laughs> Glad Rags wizard wear. London, Paris, Hogsmeade. And Harry tore his eyes away from these advertisements, and he started to look around the box. Yes. I was just going to say that I, I love this part partially as a designer and marketer. I loved, like, seeing the little sayings that she came up with and whatnot. And then also... um. I want to say that they pulled some of these to use in Diagon Alley because there's ads all over the walls in Diagon Alley and Universal. And I, I know for sure that there's an ad for Glad Rags. And then I know for sure that there's an ad for Mrs. Scours. I'm not sure about the Bluebell. Does anybody have any pictures of these? I wonder. I have a picture of every single ad. (laughs) I'm not joking. So I'll try and I'll try and find them. Yeah. We literally took one morning just to take pictures of all the buildings and all the and ads. I, and oh I God. went and I took a picture of every single ad. Not <laughs> excessive. Yes, you yeah. should. I will. All right. So, Harry begins to look around the box, and so far it was empty except for a tiny creature wearing a tea towel draped like a toga. Its face was hidden in its hands. It had a familiar bat-like ears. Dobby? Dobby? No turd. There's more than one. (laughs) But at Harry saying, Dobby, the creature looked up and it had enormous brown eyes and a nose not like Dobby's. I wrote that wrong. But its nose was like a large tomato because literally, okay. So when I read this, I was like, hold on. Dobby's nose does not look like a tomato. (laughs) And I kind of got angry and then I was like, oh, that's not what it says. (laughs) So I had to go back and clearly I didn't edit my writing well. Yes. Have you ever seen those fish that have like the super yes. squashed nose? Yeah. I kind of envision her nose looking like that. And I don't know what those fish are called. Oh, fish. It looks like a yeah, human really... face, but it has this like huge nose. Ooh, I have to find it's it. It's super creepy. I don't like it's that. It's really weird. I'll show it to you. Yeah. It was it's so actually I... in a commercial right now and that's why I saw it. it yes, like, that's how I know it too. Yeah. They're, like, on an airplane. I'll find it. (laughs) I'm sick Uh, of these squash-nosed fish on this plane. Oh, my God. Oh, my (laughs) You would. You would. (laughs) All right. So, did Sir just call me Dobby? And I said, this is Winky. And Winky knows Dobby, too. And I said, small wizarding world, yo. (laughs) Winky, just like everyone else in the wizarding world, also knows that this is... Harry Potter. Ooh. Right? Okay. 
So we're getting an update on Dobby, actually. Harry goes, how's freedom suiting him? Ah, sir, said Winky, shaking her head. Ah, sir, meaning no disrespect, sir. But I is not sure you did Dobby a favor, sir, when you is setting him free. (laughs) Why, asked Harry, taken aback. What's wrong with him? Freedom is going to Dobby's head, sir, said Winkley sadly. Ideas above his station, sir. Can't get another position, sir. Why not, said Harry. Winky lowered her voice by half an octave and whispered, He is wanting paying for his work, sir. (laughs) Paying, said Harry blankly. Well, why shouldn't he be paid? Winkley, Winkley, Winky looked quite horrified at the idea and closed her fingers slightly so that her face was half hidden again. Howselves is not paid, sir, she said in a muffled squeak. No, no, no. I says to Dobby, I says, go find yourself a nice family and settle down, Dobby. He is getting up to all sorts of hijinks, sir. What is unbecoming to a house elf? You goes racketing around like this, Dobby, I says, and the next thing I hear you's up in front of the Department for the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures. Like some common goblin. Ooh. Ooh. Shade. Shade. Jinx. Coke. Oh, well, dang. it's about time he had a bit of fun, said Harry. House elves is not supposed to have fun, Harry Potter, said Winky firmly from behind her hands. House elves does what they is told. I is not liking heights at all, Harry Potter. She glanced down towards the edge of the box and gulped. But my master sends me to the top box, and I come, sir. First of all, rude. Yeah. About the top box thing. Second of all, totally rude about goblins. Yikes. (laughs) People are mean to each other in the wizarding world, just like real life. Yep. Yep. Mm hmm. Ugh. Master does not care if Winky is scared of heights, but Winky does as she's told, so I don't know. Well, wasn't it her idea anyways, this whole situation? Yeah. That, like, we don't know in this point in time, so, mm-hmm. like, you made your bread, you gotta lie on it, you little yeah. lady. I thought you said bread, and I was like, what? I like bread. <laughs> you made your bread, uh, lay down in it. Be a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do her profile because I figure we can maybe do it later on when she's a little more uh, drunk. Essential. (laughs) 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 All right. But I did want to read Ron. I know I just did a bit of reading already. But um, so that's a house elf, Ron muttered. Weird things, aren't they? Dobby was weirder, said Harry fervently. Ron pulled out his omnioculars and started testing them, staring down into the crowd on the other side of the stadium. Wild, he said twiddling the replay knob on the side I can make that old bloke down there pick his nose again and again (laughs) and again (laughs) and I loved it so yeah go ahead I think it's really bizarre that Ron doesn't know what a house elf looks like I what situation where he would be in to see one but like does he seem the type to read one Ron just reads Melvin the muggle his mom, maybe. Yeah, I know. Like, he no mentions can. that his mom has always wanted one, so it just is kind of... It's maybe just weird to me. Had one. You'd, I don't know. It just seems odd. I think it's more so her trying to, like, add a little funniness. Yeah. By saying that she's weird or whatever. Um. So the box keeps filling up around them for the next half hour. Mr. Weasley keeps shaking hands with people. And Percy jumped to his feet so often that he looked he was trying... Um, as though he were trying to, like, not sit on a hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, here comes 
Mr. Cornelius Fudge himself. And that's my end. All right. So Cornelius shows up and I just like, I picture Percy like hopping up and down like an idiot, which makes me laugh, even though I somewhat feel bad for him, but not really. And then, (laughs) so Fudge shows up and he bows so low, his glasses fall off and shatter. So good thing he has... Uh, magic to fix them. Right. What kind of glasses does this dude wear? If I were to bend low, my glasses have that thing on the back of my ear to stop them from sliding off. Well, maybe he's not as cool as you are, Katie. Got so low that they just fell off. Oh. I mean, whatever. So, um, he then looks incredibly jealous whenever Harry gets greeted like an old friend by Fudge, because we know that they've met each other in Prisoner of Azkaban after Harry blew up his Aunt Marge, um, and he handles that situation for Harry. Hashtag memories. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Fudge introduces Harry to the wizards on either side of him, but they only tell us the Bulgarian minister, but it says in the book, like, wizards on either side of him, but then they only tell us about Mr. Oblonsk, or whatever his name is. But anyway, so that confused me, because I was like, wait, are we going to get introduced to somebody else? But then we never do. So, um... <laughs> He is the Bulgarian minister, and he's acting as if he doesn't know English. However, we know that he's just putting on an act. He really does know everything Fudge is saying, so that's funny. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) He's just letting Fudge look like an idiot the whole time. I like it. Um, And then we see Lucius and Draco and Narcissa. Narcissa, first time. this is the first time we meet Narcissa. She... I have a typo. Oops. So, okay. In the book, it says his mother, meaning Draco, his mother was blonde too, tall and slim. She would have been nice looking if she hadn't been wearing a look that suggested there was a nasty smell under her nose. Um, you can picture that so easy. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, nose up in the air. I'm better than you. That mm-hmm. type of thing. It's a good so, way to describe her. Yeah. Um, so I pulled up a little fact file on her. Um, I was going to use Pottermore, but the Wikia actually has more information, so I was just going to go with this one. But So we know Narcissa um, was born a black. She was related to Bellatrix. She's her sister. She's related to Sirius Black, part of the black family. She's pure blood. Um, so, yes, she is, the, she is the daughter of Cygnus and Druella Black, and Druella is a rosier. So... Fantastic Beast. We know the name doesn't die, so we gotta figure that oh. out, too. Yep. Um, younger sister of Bellatrix and Andromeda, Tonks. So, related to the Tonks family. I always thought she was older, so it's cool to know she's younger. She's the youngest. Yep. Um, so, she, officially, she was never actually a Death Eater, so she doesn't have the Dark Mark. I thought that was interesting, because I wasn't positive about that. Um, so she does not have the dark mark. She's not official, but she's believed in the importance of blood purity and has supported her husband in the following of Lord of Voldemort during both wizarding wars. Um, however, this changed when her husband was sent to Azkaban and then Draco's life was put in jeopardy. So she kind of, um, she backed away a little bit from her support and really just went in she did any means possible to protect her family, which included lying to Voldemort about Harry being dead during the battle. So, like, shout out to her. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, there's a really cool article on Pottermore, and I kind of wanted, like, I thought about putting this in, but I kind of want to save it for later, where it's, like, in defense of Narcissum Alfoy, but I think it's something that we should, we should definitely make sure that we touch on later in the series. Yeah. Um, so, she, let's see, she was born Narcissa Black, like I said, in 1955. Um, oh, we get a year for her. Yeah, we get a year for her. Uh, her sister Andromeda was disowned and burned off the Black family tree for marrying muggle-born wizard Ted Tonks, father and Ooh. mother of Tonks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, she did attend Hogwarts. Um, she... So I wanted to talk about her etymology because she's a little bit different um, than her than a lot of her family members. Um, because she is one of the only blacks that is not named after a constellation or oh, star. Yeah. Mm, different. So that let me that, get to it. Her her like fact that. file on the wikia is massive. So um, okay, let's see. The name Narcissa is derived from Narcissus, a beautiful but vain character in Greek mythology, from which the term narcissism is derived, which refers Hello. to vanity and elitism. Again, makes a lot Hello. of sense. Yep. <laughs> Um, the name can also be derived from the flower by the same name, also known as the daffodil. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? The name of the plant may also be derived from the Greek word narcoa to numb, referring to its narcotic properties. Um, there's also a Slytherin connection to Narcissa's name due to its association with the Narcissus snake pits. That's interesting. Let me, what is this? Oh, it's in Manitoba, about. Canada. Hello, Canada. Narciss. Oh, oh my God, the picture. <laughs> <laughs> There's just like hundreds of snakes in a pit. It looks like that Wait, snake that Indiana Jones. Falls so into. in Canada, they have these I snake did. dens, and it's like literally these pits in the earth where just like hundreds of snakes live. So no, thank you. Never need to go there. I'm getting away from these pictures because they are literally giving me chills. Where? Where's the link? <sighs> oh, okay. I'll send it. It's it's in the. Um, I'm looking, but I it's can't in find the wikia. But here, I'll. I'll paste it in um, Discord. Discord for everybody to see. Okay. I need it. I need to see these pits of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Sorry, guys. Is, the picture. That is terrible. Ugh. Oh, um, that is... Get it off my screen. <laughs> <laughs> so Malfoy is also derived from the French Malfoy or Malfoy. It's two separate words, meaning bad, faithful, or unfaithful. Um, so that is interesting as well because while they don't have good intentions in the beginning they end up not being faithful to Voldemort so that is I don't I think the only thing that any of the Malfoy family is faithful to is to each other I agree yeah, <laughs> yeah. well and even then like themselves well, not even to each other like Narcissa Correct. is with Draco and I think Draco is with his mom but I think that Lucius has his own person like in mind. yeah like if I think like if Voldemort was like okay I'm going to kill your wife and your son, or I'm going to kill you. Lucius would be like, all right, don't I want to live. Yeah, right. I agree, which sucks. Because he's the nasty creature. Yeah. I, I have a fun fact about the woman that played Narcissa. She was supposed to actually play Bellatrix, but she was pregnant. So they cast um, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm so glad it turned out the way it did, though. Yeah. She, um, her name's like Helen McCrory. Yes. Is also in Penny Dreadful, which is, I was like, why? I'm like, why do you look so familiar? And I was like, oh, I realize now. 
you're I realize it. Um, so okay. some other little facts about Narcissa is we don't know anything about her wand. Um, we don't know the wood. We don't know the core. Nothing. Um, but she did own a second wand that she used during the Battle of Hogwarts because I believe that she gave her wand to Lucius because Voldemort took Lucius's wand, I think. Mm-hmm. Or possibly, no, 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 Draco had Narcissa's wand because Harry took Draco's wand. That's what it was. So Harry was using Draco's wand. Draco was using Narcissa's wand and Narcissa had a new one, which I wonder... No, that doesn't make sense. Never mind. I was going to say, I wonder if they made Ollivander make it for her, but Ollivander escaped at that point, so I don't know how right, she got it. Um, and then also... Gorovich. She went out back... He got killed. And snapped a twig off the tree and was like, <laughs> uh, this <is> magic. <laughs> she used a tail feather from one of the white peacocks. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> um, and then also, um, in the movies, she does have these spider earrings that she wears, which you can buy on the Noble Collection. And they're kind of creepy, but kind of cool also. Shouldn't they be snakes in reference to the snake pits? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why they're not, but she does wear spider earrings, so. So, there's that. Um, I also love the, uh, I love the insult that Harry uses on Draco. (laughs) Like, oh, does your mother always look like that with her nose up in the air, or is it only when you're around? Love it. Burn! That made me laugh. Sick Burn! Um, so then Mr. Weasley and Lucius are introduced like they don't know each other. And then I love how Harry, like, reminisces about their fight in Diagon Alley. Makes me laugh. So awesome. Um, (laughs) but Malfoy, again, we get to hear him insult Arthur, and he says, Good Lord, Arthur, he said softly, what did you have to sell to get seats in the top box? Surely your house wouldn't have fetched this much. Which... Jeez. I hate... I, I actually really hate how they changed this in the movie. Um, so I wanted to take a second to compare it right here. So so in the movie, they make it seem as if the top the top portion is bad seats. Yeah. Um, and, then hair, and then they run into Lucius and Draco while they're walking up. And Lucius still insults him, but it's different. He says something about, like, how he has to go all the way up there because those are the cheap seats. And they got tickets in the top like, in the top box or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish that they would have finally let the Weasleys and the Malfoys be on the same page for once in the in the movies. It would have been nice to see the Weasleys actually sitting a row in front of the Malfoys, which is what happened, so. But, mm. you know, it is what it is. It is true. Um, so then Ludo begins the match with Sonorous, and his voice booms across the entire stadium, which I... I just love that spell. I think it's really cool. I had to, when the movie came out, I had to explain that to my mom, because they don't say sonorous in the movie. They just show his wand pointing Pointing to his neck. So I told that to her, and she's like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) Again, so we even have these little faults way back then. Now we're in Fantastic Beasts. But at least in the, when we had these movies, we had had the books so that, like, we understood what they were doing, which makes, you know. True. Yeah. Here we don't have any supplementary information besides what we're seeing. Good with the point. Fantastic Beast movies. Okay. Um, again, I again pointed out how much I love the advertisements uh, here because we see another one that says, Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans, a risk with every mouthful. <laughs> love it. So I just thought that was cute. And then that gets wiped clean and it has for the start of the game, Bulgaria zero, Ireland zero. Um, so I wanted to talk about the mascots. We have Vila. And the lexicon has a ton of information. So these mascots, right? And... Arthur called them 
creatures, the creatures mm-hmm. native to the lands would come out. So Vila are creatures then? Kind of, yeah. So it says that they are female humanoid magical beings that humanoid. have yeah, that have the ability to drive men uncomfort uncontrollably wild. <laughs> especially when they, quote, turn on their charm or perform the sensual dance for which they're known. Okay, you guys, I have a confession. I am part Vila. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Driving in wild. Um, so Vila are described as looking like incredibly beautiful women with moon bright skin. I liked that description. Moon bright and white gold hair. Makes them seem bold, though. You know what? Oh, I don't know. The description of like moon bright makes it seem like they're chilly vampire. They probably are vampire. Hmm. Um, Why do you say they probably are? Me? Well, because I mean, I think that the front that they're putting on is like they're so beautiful, trying to entice these men. But you see later on, like I think their true selves are when like they're those angry like. Right. Their whole faces change. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they're really just using, like, fake warmth to get what they want when really they I are cold you. people. Yep. That's in my mind. Head um, panel. So, their hair fans out behind them despite the absence of wind. They also Ooh. have the ability to hypnotize and mesmerize most men with mm-hmm. their dance, who will then try mm-hmm. to impress them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when they are angry, they morph into bird-like creatures with elongated, sharp bird faces and long, scaly wings that sprout from their shoulders. Yeah. In this form, That's... they throw handfuls of fire at whoever has angered them. Christ. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> um, so we do know that Vila hair has magical properties, and it can be used in wand cores because Fleur Delacour's wand has a Vila hair. Um, Isn't it from her grandma? It is from her grandmother. And then Ollivander mentions something about how he doesn't use Vila hair because it's unpredictable in ones. Yep. yep. Which kind of makes sense because Vila seem to be rather unpredictable. So I agree. Um, so Fleur is one quarter Vila because it was just her grandmother who was Vila. And there are no male Vila. So serious question. How do they reproduce? Is it kind of like Dementors where like maybe there's a certain atmosphere or something that needs to happen for Vila to, like, appear. Because, like, Dementors appear with, like, dank, dark depression things, yeah. right? They don't actually, like, breed. So, I don't, that's a, I don't know. I was wondering that. I really don't know. I have no idea. But I don't know. there's some cool... It's an etym- interesting thing to think. Yeah. There's some cool etymology about them. So, they're they are somewhat of a um, legend. So, they're described in Eastern European nature, spirits of legend. So, Vili or Vili, maybe, are Slovak fairies who can take the form of birds. Uh, Vilas, as they appear in Serbian legends, are mountain nymphs, young and beautiful, clad in white, with long flowing hair, and their voices are said to resemble those of woodpeckers. They shoot, according to popular belief, deadly arrows at men and sometimes carry off children. That's also scary. Maybe, maybe if they capture... Say they get... They lure a, a man into... What I don't know, captivity or whatever. Maybe they become a Vila or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's really weird. What? I don't know. You know, like you can become a vampire. True. Let me ask my mom. A She's Vila too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so there's a book called A Field Guide to the Little People, which describes Vila in detail. They are nature guardians caring for the trees, streams, and flowers in their domains. They are extremely jealous of beautiful women. Uh, their moods are as changeable as the weather, and they can both cause and cure illnesses. A human who tarries too long in their territory may be shot dead with arrows or die suddenly from heart attack, lumbago, or by being buried under an avalanche. Very specific. Yeah. Um, they have very Gosh. fair complexions, and here it says they have curly reddish-brown hair which falls to their feet. They wear shimmering white clothing or coverings of green leaves, and interestingly, those born on Tuesday or Sunday can most easily see Vila. <laughs> you missed about a thousand colors. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. It's good news. Um, so last thing about Vila, it, it's, there's just kind of speculation, possibly, that while creating Vila, JK maybe was inspired by sirens. I thought of that. Yeah. Um, so sirens were believed to combine women and birds in various ways. They had the power to enchant men with their beautiful voice and music. However, once under their spell, the men would be led to their doom, typically through shipwreck or drowning. So all those guys out there who enjoy Starbucks, watch out. Watch <laughs> yeah, out. she's right. a siren. Mm-hmm. You can find me on a rock in the middle of Lake Erie <laughs> with a cup of Starbucks in my <laughs> Oh my the, god. The basic Is that how Marty found you? Was he like boating <laughs> on Lake Erie? Okay. <laughs> Caught me a man. <laughs> so I was just going to read how they're described from the book. Um, uh, Ludo announces that the mascots are coming out. It says, A hundred Velo are now gliding out onto the field, and Harry's question was answered for him. By the way, his question was, what are Vila? Uh, <laughs> Vila were women, the most beautiful women had ever seen, except that they weren't. They couldn't be human. This this puzzled Harry for a moment while he tried to guess what exactly they could be. What could make their skin shine moon bright like that, or their white gold hair fan out behind them without wind? But then the music started, and Harry stopped worrying about them not being human. In fact, he stopped worrying about anything at all. And that's when they started dancing. So. Ooh. Um, and then the next mascot is leprechauns. So the lexicon has a little section on leprechauns. It just says that they're a tiny vegetarian creature resembling a little maximum height, six inches. Oh, green human. The leprechaun Aww. is one of the occasional anomalies of the beast being classification system. Although they alone, although they alone of the little people have the ability to speak human language, they are classified as beasts and have remained in that category as they have never requested reclassification, although they appear to have made no political statement by this, unlike centaurs and merpeople. How right. many leprechauns make up a Danny DeVito? Oh, someone Six did the math. I don't know. I'm gonna figure it out. Continue. Okay. How tall is he? So 4'11", right? He would be, like, over 12 um, leprechauns. <laughs> No, 12, 13, <laughs> 13 point something. 13 and a baby leprechaun. <laughs> if my math is correct, it could be totally lying. Um, they do have the, Discord. <laughs> <laughs> they do have the ability to produce a gold-like substance that vanishes after an hour or two. Um, so I thought that I, they actually had a little fact file on leprechaun gold. Um, and it is... Those tricksters. There's not really a whole lot. It's it's mostly just the exact same thing about leprechauns, except they do... 
produce this gold. Um, in Gobble to Fire, Ron gives Harry Leprechaun gold, paying him back for the omnioculars, but the gold vanishes, and Harry doesn't notice, and that kind of peeves Ron off a little bit. Like, oh, must be nice. You didn't even notice that all that gold disappeared. But, I mean, Harry can't help it. Yeah. Um, and then one last thing on gold. Pottermore has this really interesting article that I found about the meaning and mythology of gold in Harry Potter. So, um, even to us, though I don't like to call myself a muggle, but, okay, so not us, but to muggles, gold is supernatural, <laughs> powerful, and symbolic. So it's no wonder it's just as interesting and mysterious to those in the wizarding world. So it talks about some important pieces that are gold in the Harry Potter series. So we obviously have the snitch, the golden snitch. Um, mm -hmm. In its purest form, gold means truth and honesty, but also greed, control, shallow needs and extravagance. So in Harry Potter, the theme of gold runs deep right down to the wizarding currency and the glimmer of a golden snitch. So um, in Gringotts, from Philosopher's Stone to the Hufflepuff Cup, Gringotts is where the mysterious are secreted away. And we'd, we'd wager that there's quite a lot of gold locked in some of those vaults. Um, mm -hmm. And the bank even has a dragon, which is fitting because in Greek mythology, dragons were notorious as protectors of the precious metal. So again, like the dragons are protecting all the gold in the vaults, which is neat. Um, next, we have the Philosopher's Stone in Harry Potter. So the stone turns mundane metals into gold. So again, like we see that theme. Uh, the fact that the stone can be used to extend a person's life, too, is in many ways a golden opportunity, as Nicholas Flamel discovers. Hello. We also see the greed of gold in Harry Potter. So uh, Rita Skeeter has three golden teeth. So that's interesting. Did not remember that. I didn't either. Um, the It says, when we first meet Dudley, he's greedily tearing the wrapping paper off of a gold watch while demanding yep. more presents. So he's being greedy. <laughs> I remember that. Yep. Um, we instantly know the kind of person he's going to be. Yeah. Um, we see... Lockhart has golden hair, um, so he's always doing something with a little gold flash, like his turquoise hat with gold trim, the gold card he sent Hermione, and the cupids with gold wings. So that also shows us, like, that side of him. We also have quite a few of the Horcruxes have gold associated with them as well. So the, the Slytherin locket is supposed to be gold, even though it's silver in the movies. It is described as gold in the books. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the first Horcruxes, and then is soon followed by the Hufflepuff Cup, which is gold, and the heavy Correct. gold ring that belongs to Marvolo Gaunt, and then the Ravenclaw Diadem, which I do believe is mostly silver, but does have touches of gold on it. So again, like, there's just that theme running through. The wisdom of gold, so, like, Gryffindor House has gold in it, it's associated with, like, You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know, it's just really interesting. So, like, in... Goblet of Fire as well, like, the goblet is gold, the age line that is drawn is gold, the wands tested for the competition emit gold sparks, there's the golden egg, and the Triwizard Cup is gold. Yes. I wonder if they changed a lot of these things from gold to silver because of, like, the time, like, the day that we're in. Like, a lot of people are, mo they've moved from, like, gold jewelry to yeah. silver jewelry, but now it's kind of going... Back. back a little bit i think with now like style rose gold <laughs> i love rose gold um but i i wonder if Maybe. that had anything to do with it otherwise why why the change yeah. 
And like, you if there's you would sell some... more merchandise if it looked a different way. Maybe there's like more symbolism behind it being gold too, though. So that kind of bothers me that they would change it if there was actually meaning behind why she chose it to be that way. But you know, yeah. money, honey. Yeah, um, I think that they're. Oh, Harry's polyjuice potion turns gold, and the Felix Felicius is gold. So, like, again, it's just, like, a super common theme throughout the entire thing. Fox is part... Fox. Fox <laughs> is red and gold. Yeah. Like a Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that that was interesting. But... I like it. Yeah. Now it is time for... Attention to your swishers. Commercial break! We have a commercial break. Adventure is out there. Why settle for ordinary chain store coffee when you can have an adventure in every cup with Expedition Roasters? Artisanal roasters of pop culture coffees that are quite delicious. Mm-hmm. Now you can experience a little theme park magic every day at your home. Each themed bag features custom artwork by guest artists and that make it perfect for displaying in your kitchen or office. Try one of our premium wizarding roasts like Booksmart Blueberry, Charming Chocolate Cherry, Cunning Caramel Crunch, or Big Hearted Butterscotch. All of our coffees are certified gluten and allergen free. So start your coffee adventure today at expeditionroasters.com and use coupon code SWISHFLICK15 to save 15% off your first order. Brew your happy place. Guys, it's so good. We actually drank not a um, Harry Potter brand today, but we had some of the Campfire S'mores. One of the oh, is Disney that what that scent was? Yeah. Was that good? good. Oh, it's yeah. really good. It's a uh, Toy Story themed, right? Mm-hmm. Woody's Roundup. Mm-hmm. I need to try more flavors. They're sending us more. They're also going to send us some more for giveaways. So look out for that. They're sending us some more. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) All right. It's yellow. It's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's time for the cup to start. So the Bulgarians come out first. Uh, Dimitrov. 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 He zooms out first, and he's moving so fast, he's just a blur. So, I had a question already. So, we know they're riding firebolts, which we find out in a little bit, because Harry sees it through his omnioculars. There it is. But, does Harry go this fast as well, because he has a firebolt, or is there still a magical skill that goes into it? So, like, yeah, I'm sure he's fast on the firebolt, but does he have to, like, get better to like i would assume gain more speed even do you know uh, what i'm saying you know what i'm getting yeah. at no i like that with like the more maturity you have with flying yeah I'm sure, like the faster you could go and yeah. the more like precision you could have yeah i'm down with that head cannon okay yeah i like it okay so then we have ivanova zograf levsky volchanov volkov and crumb crumb Thank you. (laughs) Who does look like an overgrown bird of prey, and Harry knows that it's hard to believe he was only 18, and as we later find out, he's still in school, which is pretty crazy. I I was wondering, like, do you think that different schools have different amounts of time that people go to school? Because, like, if he was already 18 at this point, wouldn't he have been finished? Or not necessarily. Well, is Hermione technically 18? And she her will last be year? 18 when she starts school. So they start September 1st, but then she turns 18, like, halfway through the month. Right. Her so birthday's maybe... the 19th of September. Yeah, so, like, for the first 18 days of school, she's 17, but then mm-hmm. she turns 18. So, like, the fact he's already 18 before school starts, 
I feel like if he had gone to Hogwarts, he would be done already. But maybe different schools have different amounts of time that they go. Or maybe they start at different times or something. Yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah, I don't know. Dear Joe. I don't know. So then the Ireland, the Irish team comes out. We have Connolly, Ryan, Troy, Mullet, Moran, Quiglet, or I think it's Quigley, and Lynch. I just, I just picture the shamrocks going, <laughs> Troy, Mullet, Moran. <laughs> so, Katie, why are you telling me all these names of these people I'm never going to remember? Well, guess what? You should remember it because I went to a Harry Potter trivia one time and they asked me to list three of the Irish Quidditch players and I couldn't. So, listen back to that. Remember it. It could win you some trivia sometime. All right. So, Harry's looking at the teams through his omnioculars and he can slow them down enough to read firebolt on each of their rooms brooms <laughs> each of their brooms and he sees their names embroidered in silver on their backs so these these uh fancy binoculars are pretty sweet i think they're awesome yeah so the referee comes out he's from egypt he's the chair wizard of the international association of quidditch his name is hastan mustafa what hassan mustafa mufasa I literally think of Mufasa every time I read his name. Do it again. But there's actually a real Hassan Mustafa because I went to look oh. him up. And uh, yeah, this guy is a retired Egyptian footballer, but he's jacked. Like, go Google him. He is <laughs> enormous. Whereas this guy is small and skinny. He's completely bald with a mustache to rival Uncle Vernon's. And he's Ooh. wearing robes of pure gold and he has a silver whistle protruding from under that very fancy stash that's really interesting (laughs) that he's a real person and egypt yeah egyptian footballer thank you i can't speak yeah so like you think joe has maybe like a personal relationship with this guy wouldn't that be funny it'd be cool interesting but seriously look this guy up it looks like someone took like a uh (laughs) like an air pump and just pumped up his arms it's crazy (laughs) All right, so he releases the Quidditch balls, and they all burst into the air? Even the Quaffle? That was confusing Maybe, to me. Because it has to jump up to them. But I thought know. I thought the ref throws the Quaffle. I didn't think the Quaffle really had Maybe any magical properties. Maybe that is just at, like, School. like, younger kids. True. Good point. So, you know? All right. And they're off. And here's Ludo, who can't even keep up with how fast they're going. So he's like, and it's Mullet, Troy, Moran, Demotrov, back to Mullet, Troy, Lesky, Moran. <laughs> so it's Quidditch as Harry has never seen it played before. He's pressing his omnioculars so hard into his glasses, they're cutting the bridge of his nose. Like, can you imagine this kid? Like, I love he, it. He loves Quidditch, and here he is, like, at real Quidditch. I don't even know how he could handle it. So he mentions that the speed of the players was incredible. Yes. I'm just saying, like, that's, like, me going to a Warriors game. Like, I, like, see, watching it on TV and, like, being there in person is just, like, a totally different experience, and you're just, like, a part of the crowd, and Mm -hmm. people are into it, or people are, you know, booing or whatever, and it's just, like, this, I love going to sporting, well, basketball games. I mean, as I said before, like, going to a concert. Like, you could watch a concert on TV, but then when you're, like, there and you're, like, in the moment. Yeah. Heck Um, yeah. So the quaffle, no, the chasers were throwing the quaffle to one another so fast that, again, Bagman only had time to say their their names. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so Harry spins the slow dial on the right of his omnoculars, which is like, I love that she gives you that much of a detail. Like he, she could just yeah. say that he spun a dial, but like now you're literally like can think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he pressed the play by play button so he could watch them in slow motion and in glittering purple lettering flashing across the lenses it shows him different quidditch moves so cool i know yeah. so we get to see the hawk's head attacking formation so that's when three chasers fly together one's in the center and slightly ahead of the other two sort of in like a triangle goose shape you know i was just gonna say it's like geese <laughs> flying north or south this is a specific thing <laughs> goose shape <laughs> it should be the goose head attacking formation not the yeah, hawk's head i love it um, Darren O'Hare, the keeper for the Kenmare Kestrels, and Irish International, he is credited for the invention of this formation. There's also the Porskoff Ploy, that's when a chaser who makes as if to dart upward with the quaffle, drawing the other chaser upward, but then he drops the quaffle to another chaser below. Which Super I think cool. we see that, I actually, think we do. in, in one of the movies. Yeah, not in Goblet of Fire, because we don't actually get to see any of the Quidditch World Cup. You paused in between where you said not. I thought you were pulling one of those. You're cool. Like, not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not jokes. But no, like, I wonder if just, like, filming Quidditch was either, like, maybe, like, too expensive, too tiring, or, like, did they film any of it and then cut it? Like, why? Yeah. I just don't know. Oh, that movie. We'll get to that, though, when we're done with this book. So in a million years. Yeah, pretty much. So Ireland scores first. Woohoo! And Harry's like, wait, what? Levski's got the quaffle. And Hermione's like, Harry, watch it at normal speed, you dummy. Because <laughs> he's, yeah, he's still watching through his omnioculars. So Harry knew enough about Quidditch to be able to know that the Irish chasers, chasers were superb. He says that they worked as, seam- as a seamless team as if they were reading one another's mind. And here's Meg's little part. You want to say it for me? The rosette on Harry's chest kept squeaking their names. Troy, Mullet, Moran. I just, <laughs> I listen to the books now. So, mm-hmm. like, I just hear Jim Dale going, Troy, Mullet, Moran. <laughs> Does he say it that high? Yeah, he like, it's like it's squeaking it. Troy, Mullet, oh Moran. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and he does it again later in the chapter. Yeah, I get it. it's just funny. Can you imagine when that thing starts to die off? But, well, yeah, that's what he's like. That's when he talks Boy. about it again. <laughs> <Mole>. <laughs> so within 10 minutes, Ireland had scored two more times, so they are on a roll. Uh, the match becomes faster and more brutal. Um, Bulgaria gets their first goal, and then when the Vila starts dancing again... Mr. Willie, Mr. Weasley's like, boys, fingers in your ears. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Um, so 100,000 wizards gasped as the two seekers, Crumb and Lynch, plummet through the center of the chaser so fast it looks like they just jumped right out of an airplane without parachutes. And at the very last second, Crumb pulls out of the dive, but poor Lynch, he hits the ground with a thud that can be heard throughout the entire stadium, which makes me kind of shudder. Yeah. Yeah, there's just some of those sounds like, God forbid, if you hit your car into another car, you don't forget what that sounds like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, um, sad story. I was at uh, a wrestling match, and at the time I wasn't wrestling, but I was doing the stats. And this guy had his um, elbow popped out. <gasps> 
and I will never forget that sound. It was oh. horrific. That's I, awful. I remember watching the first basketball game with oh, I'm already cringing. Gordon Hayward on the Celtics, and he broke his leg. And yeah, was I was awful. watching it on TV, and I could hear it. I was like, "Oh God!" It was. I will. I remember that. It was terrible. Oh, it was so bad. Because I think it was. I think it was the Celtics and the Cavs, wasn't it? I, I don't know. They, I, I remember opened, that guy. And I was like, "Oh God, that noise!" <laughs> Ooh, all right, we gotta move on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Charlie reassures Ginny that he'll be okay because she was looking horror struck, and I point this out because I was thinking, like Ginny in these earlier books to me seems to be put off as almost like overly sensitive. Agreed. And I didn't realize why that made me so mad until I thought about it. And I was like, oh, she grows up into this wonderfully brave woman. I like the progression now. It doesn't upset me anymore. Her character development is gigantic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's portrayed much better in the books. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So Harry quickly does a play-by-play to see what move Crumb had just managed to pull off. And Sarah's going to talk about that, so you gotta wait until I'm done with this section. (laughs) But, uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about omnioculars. So it's a combination word of omniscient and binoculars. So omni means all, ocule means eye. Those are Latin words. Very <clears throat> so, good. Very good. Omniscient, you know, I think that, what is that, ever present? So mm-hmm. it's pretty much the all-seeing yeah. eye. Yeah. Um, so I love they it. look like brass. I don't know if this color, I'm going to go for it anyway. Binoculars, <laughs> except that they're covered in all sorts of weird knobs and dials. Um, they're occasionally sold at Quidditch matches, such as the World Cup. They can be set to replay action, zoom, slow down play, overlay magical words that provide commentary in purple letters. They cost 10 galleons. That's a lot. In 1994. Pretty price. A wand costs 7 galleons. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, oh. So, and Jeez, I, talk I, about it, like, expensive. Yeah, talk about when you're in the moment at some kind of event. Yeah. They're like, I need yeah. it, of course. I, yeah. I think to answer this next question that you say, how much are galleons worth? I want to say that people have attributed a wand to costing about $150. I saw, so, there are so many calculators different calculations. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would guess that 10 galleons, you're probably looking at about $200 for those. So Harry drops $600 on Omnioculars. I tried to do Sarah some justice because I wanted to look up how much galleons were. And then I was trying to look up inflation because this was in 94. So yeah. I was trying to see what they would be like now. But there were so many different galleon calculations. Lot. I just couldn't. I couldn't pick one and be happy about because some people are like they're ten bucks and some are like twenty five. So. I think I think the one that I yeah. see most often is about twenty five dollars for a galleon. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, we have an awesome close up picture of the omnioculars from the film. They had them at the celebration weekend last year, I believe. Um, so we'll make sure to post that for everybody. It's not R.I.P. It's just taking a year off. Okay, it'll be back next year. <laughs> I have faith. <laughs> but funny Dude. thing, like, I so we saw these binoculars at the celebration, They're and so then cool. I had never realized that they actually had them in the film. Like, I just never noticed it when they're top in the top box, and there's that shot of them, like, cheering. Yeah. They have yeah. them. It is kind of yeah. just, like, you know, glossed over. Yeah. I'm sure there is some bonus feature film <laughs> that they were using them. Probably something. Yeah. But, yeah. Because they put a lot of work into them. 
Because they're, yeah, like, beautiful. They're accurate. I mean, they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. To the blue. All right. So now we're going to talk about me and my life. I'm just kidding. So I want to talk about first about the Ronsky, the Ronsky thing. So we read in Quidditch throughout the ages that it's um, a move when the seeker hurdles towards the ground, pretending to have seen the snitch far below, but pulls out of the dive just before hitting the pitch, intended to make the opposing seeker copy him and crash. And it's named after the Polish seeker, Josef Ronski. Um, so we see, we just seen um, Crumb do it with Lynch. Yes. I was just going to say that I hope that we get an illustrated version of Quidditch through the ages so that they can like illustrate these moves and stuff for us. Since they just I guarantee did fantastic, we will. Yeah, they just did Fantastic Beasts. And I bet you Order of the Phoenix will take two years just like Goblet did. So maybe they'll do... Quidditch through the ages in between. Imagine Quidditch through the ages in the Wizarding World, because they would have pictures yeah. that moved, and you could see what see these the fouls and oh, moves look cool. like. Oh man! Yeah, make it happen. Cool. I want little screens on each page. The <laughs> <laughs> book is three thousand dollars. I know. Pay a million dollars, and you can have what you want. <laughs> so Harry um, watches like a play-by-play in his omniaculars, where he watches Crumb who just did the move, and obviously we know that Lynch has now splattered on the ground. <laughs> Sorry, that's so a bad vision in my head. So Crumb just did the move, and Harry reads from the board that it says, Ronsky defensive feint, dangerous seeker diversion, in purple letters. So Flinch, Flinch, Lynch is now flattened, and Crumb was fine. And Harry, like we see him say, he's never seen anyone fly like that. Crumb made it look crazy easy that it, like he didn't even have a broomstick. He was just kind of floating in air. Um, so he uses the time wisely, which I don't think is like something you usually describe Crumb as. So the Medi Wizards are looking at um, Lynch, giving him potions to like help him get like essentially back on his broomstick. And so while he's down there getting all that stuff, Crumb's able to look for the snitch uninterrupted. So Lynch gets back up. Soon the game um, starts up again, and within 15 minutes... Ireland pulled the head by 10 more goals. And I said, whoa. That's a lot. Yeah. Like, Bulgaria, did you even come to play? Or (laughs) what? Yeah. So now the score is 130 to 10. Whoa. Ouch due to the Bulgarians. Well, they even said at the beginning that, you know, when they were trying to figure out, like, who was going to win, they're like, Yes, Crumb is a fantastic seeker, but one great player on a team does not dismiss the fact that Ireland has several. Yes. Like, most of their players are very good. Yes. I think Lynch, obviously, like, they've gotten to the World Cup. They're all great, They both teams. But I think, like, and as much as I love Cleveland, you can <laughs> compare it to LeBron James Oof. and essentially carried Oof. the team. Crumb carried that team. You know what I mean? I thought of that. Where, that's a good yeah. comparison. That it really yeah. is. Well so, done, Ravenclaw. <laughs> you're welcome. So the game's starting to get dirty. And like this threw me back to the last book with um, the Slytherins versus yeah. Gryffindors. But at the same time, like maybe because the description in that one, because Harry was in the game, seemed more. That one even seems more brutal than this. I mean, it's still bad. So I'm going to read a little bit from the chapter. And it says... <laughs> As Mullet shot towards the goalpost yet again, clutching the quaffle tightly under her arm, the Bulgarian keeper 
Zograph flew out to meet her. Whatever, <laughs> whatever happened was over so quickly, Harry didn't catch it. But a scream of rage from the Irish crowd and Mustafa's long, shrill whistle blast told him it had been a foul. And Mustafa takes the Bulgarian keeper to task for cobbing. Excessive use of elbows, Bagman informed the roaring spectators. And yes, that is a penalty to Ireland. Says the leprechauns, who had risen angrily into the air like a swarm of glittering hornets when Mullet had been fouled, now darted together to form the words, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the Vila on the other side of the field leapt to their feet, tossing their hair angrily and starting to dance again. So, leprechauns, angry. Vila <laughs> on the other side, they start to like dance in protest. So then the Weasley boys and Harry stuff their fingers in their ears again, but then like Hermione notices that the ref was like now under like their spell. So she's trying to get Harry to notice it. Um, and it says Mustafa had landed right in front of the dancing Vila and was acting very oddly indeed. He was flexing his muscles <laughs> and smoothing his mustache excitedly. <laughs> it's kind of gross. So then like, they're trying to be like, okay, someone needs to like go and make him realize like, kind of kick him out of like the spell. So the a meta wizard went and kicked Mustafa hard in the shins, who then started yelling at the Vila, um, who were now looking mutinous. So they tried to send the Bulgarian mascots away, and um, it said, like, oh, no, because, like, uh, Bagman is, like, commentating all this. He's like, this could get nasty. And it did. <laughs> so, it says... Well, while you're paused there, Fozzie yeah. just ran upstairs, because Marty sent him, and he is covered in like snow, snow. yeah <laughs> um hooch all right says, we can hear <laughs> it says it did the bulgarian beaters volkov and vol well how did you say the other word name volchenov yeah that's landed on either side of mustafa and began arguing furious with furiously with him gesticulating towards the leprechauns who are now gleefully forming the words he, he, he. Mustafa <laughs> was not impressed by the Bulgarians' arguments. However, he was jabbing his fingers into the air, clearly telling them to get flying again. And when they refused, he gave two short blasts on his whistle. Two penalties for Ireland, shouted Bagman. And the Bulgarian crowd howled with anger. So, y'all listen to the ref, because, you know, he's going to get you... So the Irish get the two penalties. <laughs> Bulgarians are not getting back on their broom. Or they finally get back on their brooms so the match can begin. But they like get become more furious. So beaters on both sides of the game, um, both uh, on both sides, step up their game. The Bulgarians didn't seem to care what or who they were hitting. So now the mascots are fighting. So I'm going to read that part because there was so much that I'm like, you just need to like, yeah, yeah. You can't even explain it. You just got to read like how she says it. So the leprechauns had risen into the air again, and this time they formed a giant hand, which is making a very rude gesture indeed at the Vila across the field. I wonder. At this, the the Vila lost control. Instead of dancing, they launched themselves across the field and began throwing what seemed to be handfuls of fire at the leprechauns. Watching through his omnioculars, Harry saw that they didn't look remotely beautiful now, on the contrary, their faces were elongating into sharp, cruel-beaked bird heads, and long, scaly wings were bursting from their shoulders. So, Yikes. this is crazy. And then I like Mr. Weasley. I literally wrote, I love him. Because he's like, and that boys, yelled Mr. Weasley over the tumult of the crowd below, is why you should never go for looks alone. <laughs> <laughs> this fatherly advice. 
dude. <laughs> true is true. Yeah. So now um, Ministry Wizards are now out in the field trying to break up the fight between the mascots while the game continued above them. Then the Irish score again. So quickly, the Irish beater sends a bludger straight towards Crumb and hits him full in the face. Oof. And so, I mean, his nose has to be broken. There's blood everywhere. But Musafa doesn't blow his whistle because one of the Vila threw fire at him. So now his broom is on fire, so he's distracted by that. This is just and a so, crap like, still. <laughs> All right. Honest to God. <laughs> so then Harry, like, wanted someone to realize what happened to Crumb because to him and Ron, he was the most exciting thing to watch during the game, even though they were both rooting for Ireland. So Lynch dives um, because he sees the snitch and then Crumb like sees that. So he follows. So he, like how he can see with all of that blood, like hair is like mind blowing, like blood, like crazy. And when you break your nose, it really is a lot of blood. Yeah. So soon they're neck and neck. They're zooming towards the ground, going crazy fast. They're going to crash. Well, at least Lynch is. And he does. And he's immediately stampeded on by a horde of <gasps> angry Vila. And I feel like that should be an interference. Like, your mascot shouldn't (laughs) attack your players. Um, I mean, maybe it happened so fast that, like, like, the first one got there and then, like, Crumb immediately gets the snitch, so it really wouldn't have mattered anyways. But, yeah. Can you imagine, like, yeah, can you imagine, like, something happening with the Cavs and, like, Moondog comes out and just, like, starts beating up the other team like that. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> I would pay so much money to see that. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. You go what first. What if it's the India and it's slider? <laughs> slider with ketchup and mustard and mayo. Oh my god. I was gonna I'm, say that Kate. I'm gonna slide you into the ground. <laughs> what if like all the condiment costumes <laughs> just came in like body slammed to play? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Such good pictures right. in your head. <laughs> So Crumb has the snitch, and it says in the book, Crumb, his red robes shining with blood from his nose, was rising gently into the air, his fist held high, a glint of gold in his hand. So the final score is Bulgaria, 60, Ireland, 170. Go Ireland, because they won! Yeah! Sorry, I just screamed into all of your faces, but you know what? Go Ireland. We're the best. So Ron's mad that um, Crumb caught the snitch when they should have tried to get another couple of goals so they could have won. But Harry says that he knew they, like, from his point of view, he's like, Crumb knew they weren't going to win. They weren't going to be able to catch up. He says the Irish chasers were too good. He wanted to end it on his term. That's all. And then, like, that makes me think of, like, I wonder how, like, Ron felt hearing that only because, like, you know it's his dream to play Quidditch. So, like, not only does his best friend, like, have more money than him, but he's also been on the Quidditch team from jump. Maybe, like, pause for a second and be like, hmm. And so I like that Hermione comments about Crumb, and she's like, he was very brave, wasn't he? I don't know if she said it like that. <laughs> but I like to think, because they'll be smooching later, in my mind. In the library. Harry. So, yeah. So Harry looks through his omnioculars and sees crumbs surly as ever, but he's refusing to let people clean him up. The Irish team was happy, and obviously the Bulgarian team was forlorn. So the Bulgarian Minister of Magic finally speaks and says that we... He, this is how he says it. I'm going to try to read it. <clears throat> well, we fought bravely. <laughs> says a horrible accent. And like, <laughs> Fudge is like, whoa, whoa, dude. You speak English? Like... <laughs> What? 
WTF. And uh, he's like, well, it was very funny. <laughs> I like I mean, it. I probably would have done the same thing. So then, like, the cup's brought into the top box so that Fudge can give it out to the winners. So first you see the seven um, Bulgarian players come into the box. Bagman shakes each of their hands. Um, and then the Irish come in, and I'm going to read that part. And it says... So I'm going to start with Crumb. So Crumb, who was last in line, looked a real mess. Two black guys were blooming spectacularly on his bloody face. Poor guy. He was still holding the snitch. Harry noticed that he seemed much less coordinated on the ground. He was slightly duck-footed and distinctly round-shouldered. But when Crumb's name was announced, the whole stadium gave him a resounding, ear-splitting roar. And then came the Irish team. Aiden, Aiden, oh my god, Aiden Lynch was being supported by Moran and Connolly. The second crash seemed to have dazed him, and his eyes looked strangely unfocused. But he grinned happily as Troy and Quigley lifted the cup into the air, and the crowd below thundered its approval. Harry's hands were numb with clapping. Do you think they all get to go to Disney World now? <laughs> Definitely. Well, I think that... Um, Mr. Aiden Lynch needs to go to a hospital first and, you know, make sure he doesn't have, and I'm sure he has a concussion, but get that checked out. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then, then he could go to, well, you know, they don't tell you to, like, be careful for a little bit after you have a concussion. Personal experience talking. <laughs> you turn. Not fun. So then the Irish team, they leave for another victory lap. And then um, Bagman basically turns to the twins and asks them, like, how much he owes them. And they're very excited for their winnings, like, pans out and everything. Like, they clamor over the chairs. Yeah. They won't be too excited for long, though. So, yeah. Mm. And that's it. That's the end of the chapter. Oh, cool. Yeah. Any uh, lightning bolt round questions? Hmm, I think someone might have asked a question earlier someone in sent our one. chat. Um, someone sent one that said, what would be your favorite Wizarding World advertisement? Oh, do, do we have to pick one that was said, or can we think of one of our own? I think it could be any. Alright, I gotta think about hmm. it. I would like to see the new You Know Poo or something. something yeah. I was just say that. <laughs> We'd have a lot of good um, puns with. Think yeah. think about it. To the for the next World Cup, I bet that the Weasleys could definitely afford some advertisement. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. I can just imagine what they would come up with. Other yeah. than you know, like think of all their other ones too. I know. You know? Yeah, I would like to see one for just Diagon Alley in general. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, I would like to see Dervish and Bangs because right now that's is Dervish and Bangs the joke shop in. <clears throat> I believe so. Or Zonkos. Oh, it's Zonkos, but there's another one. I would want to see ads for Zonkos. Um, because yeah, because cool. I think that right now is, like, the main joke shop, you know, obviously before the Weasleys. So I think that those would be some fun advertisements. I really want to see an advertisement for Nocturne Alley. Because they'd be like, come down our dark alley and have some fingernails. <laughs> oh. Like, what would you say about it? I don't know. Why, why were you having fingernails? That's what, in when the Harry's movie. there. That's no, in the, the book. She's selling. They have, it like, looks, fungus on them? Yeah, it looks like she has, like, pretty much, like, free samples, but they look like toenails or fingernails or something. Gross. I didn't make that up. Talk to Joe. Come down this alley, you baddies. <laughs> I guess. Um, or, like, if for a tattoo shop. Ooh. Yeah, we've talked cool. about that so much, man. We really want a wizarding tattoo shop. Come get your dark mark. <laughs> that sounded like, bring Bye, out your Bring out your <laughs> Ding! 
Um, I'm not dead yet. Somebody <laughs> asked, would you fork out for the Omnioculars? You know, yes. sitting here now, I'd be like, Katie, that's dumb. That's a lot of money. But in the moment, I'd be like, what am I supposed to do? I have to get these. Because <laughs> guaranteed, I'm sitting in the bottom of the stage. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably would. It seems like a really cool uh, special souvenir to get, you know? Yeah. What else do you wish the Omnioculars could do? Hmm. Give me a delicious little pour spout of butterbeer. You push a button and be like, <laughs> can, right I order, mouth. can I order food off of them? That would be cool. Oh, yeah. And then like a wizard would appear. Yeah. With a tray can, of like, pie for me. Can you Meat connect pie. like the wizarding Wi-Fi network with them for like each match you bring them to and be like, yo, bring me some popcorn. <laughs> That's awesome. Extra book. <laughs> If you could make a product to sell at Weasley Wizard Weezes, what would it be? Oh, oh man. That's really hard. That's I a mean, hard question. The possibilities are What endless. if it was like a wet your pants pill? Oh my god, that would be so <laughs> funny that you <gasps> could like put of- in something, <laughs> give somebody to take. Mine, it would be that, but have, has anyone, this is so weird, has anyone ever gotten a CAT scan? Because when they put dye in you... It literally feels like you pee your pants, but you don't, so I would have it be like that. Oh. So people would be like, <gasps> but nothing but actually happens. But then it didn't. You're nice. Yeah. You're a Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's my Hufflepuff joke, so it's as bad as I get. Would you grab all the leprechaun gold if you knew it didn't last? Heck yeah, I'd be grabbing all that gold. If you knew oh, it didn't last? Didn't oh, no. Last? No, no. I wouldn't no. bother. I wouldn't waste no. my time. I would grab I it. I like... spend it right away and no one would know. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually probably what I would do. I would be like, yeah, give it to me. All right, now wear those omnioculars. Let's get some pairs. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, would your tent look normal as it should, or would you put up the most extravagant one? I'd be in the middle. I'd make mine look ratty as I could, and then the inside would be like, ballin'. I'd have a tent made out of Tiffany's faces. The whole outside is just one giant picture of Tiffany. You wouldn't want shamrocks like your other Irish supporter? No. I am the best. My tent She's would be my made... shamrock. Mine oh, would be made out of Tiffany's Vila hair. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, I like this. What would you choose to be the American Quidditch mascot? Bald Eagle, dude. Oh yeah, my god. The Hamburglar. <laughs> Oh my god. Do people even know who he is anymore? <laughs> oh my god, the hamburger is perfect. As long as it's not gross, because that dude freaked what me out. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. Wendy. Peanuts, like the dancer. Wendy! And the Burger raisins! The, sing- yeah. the singing raisins. Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about them. Running the back jazz band raisins. guys. What the heck are the jazz they're band the, raisins? They're like California. Shoot, oh, what are they? Literally, yeah. like the raisins. What? Yeah, like the California raisins. Yeah, they like the yeah, but jazz. They sing jazz music. I don't know. You don't remember them? It could have been um, the Pillsbury Doughboy. True. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite is Ronald McDonald. I don't like him. I love his food occasionally. But actually, I really like the Hamburglar. I think that's my favorite one. Hey, you're welcome. That was the best one. How about, um, excuse me, Mayor McCheese? All right. Oh, Mayor McCheese <laughs> would be good. Yeah. I like a, b- a big old Mickey Mouse. I mean, yeah. that would be the best. Um, it's just, I think that um, the Hamburglar 
would be a great mascot because I think it, you know, America like they like a lot of food. You say they like you're not an American. (laughs) At the World Cup, the hamburger makes this like huge round. It flies across the stadium, and all these Big Macs come flying down on everybody. Or he's got like a hamburger (laughs) shooting gun instead of the (laughs) T-shirt. I bet you that McDonald's would be like the sponsor of the World Cup. It would be McDonald's and Coke. You know what I mean? Right for sure. You can like shoot all these food out of the out of the gun from like the bottom of the stadium, and then by the time it gets to you, it's just like splattered on your face. And <laughs> they'll, they'll have French fry cannons. Pew 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 pew. Gotta catch a fry. Oh my god. <laughs> McDonald's. I love it. Oh god, that was a good one. Thank you, Vinny. Yeah, that was a really great question. question. Oh man. All right. All right. Do you want me to story. Fan story. All right. So listen, I'm trying to go back in time and grab like fan stories from like like the oldest ones we got but i'm worried that some of them we may have done before before i had a good system going so if i start reading this and you guys recognize it let me know and nobody else in the world will hear this because it will be edited out all right so this fan story comes from tristan james My Potter story really starts with my mom. She read me the first book when I was little. She had a different voice for every character and really portrayed the characters. So she's basically like a Stephen Fry or a Jim Dale. (laughs) Excellent. I was hooked. I wanted more, but at this point, the second book was not available, so I did the logical thing. I learned to read at far too young an age and proceeded to read the first book over and over again. My obsession continued for a while. Then I got older and started to focus on other things girls mostly, but I still would reread the Harry Potter books once a year, or at this point, going to midnight showings of the films, including when I was in college and camped out all day in front of the Chinese theater in LA, sitting on the famous handprints out front. I was sitting on Jack Nicholson's handprints all day. Not very comfortable. That's so cool. (laughs) At some point, I started acting. I don't remember when exactly I started acting, but I remember when I first fell in love with the idea, and that was when my mom would read Harry Potter to me and play out all the characters. Now, fast forward to me as an adult, still reading Harry Potter, but now I'm acting professionally on stage and on screen, and that is all thanks to Harry. The Harry Potter books and films have done for me what it has done for everyone who listens to this podcast, and that inspires. For me, that inspiration led to my career as an actor and to my directorial debut next summer with my first film that I wrote and will be directing, a Harry Potter fan film called The Unexpected Letter. Mm, What? Let's check this out. Yeah. I just wanted to say thank you to you four. I listened to other Harry Potter podcasts before, but they all seem like they use their podcasts to complain about the thing that they claim to love. And all you do is put passion and love and lots of laughter into this crazy world. You do what the books do, and that's inspire. Aww. That's very nice. And thank you very much. That is super awesome. Yes. And I can't wait to see this film. Yeah, is it like... I mean, depending on how old this is, is it out already? No, it's not. It should be this summer. Oh, okay. It should be this coming summer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, make sure that you send us, like, the link for it. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Or, yeah, I mean, just tell us how we can watch it. Please. I want to see it. Yeah, me too. And props, awesome. props to your mom for, like, that's the kind of mom I want to be. Yeah. You know, I just want to... I just want to be cool like that for my kids in the future. <laughs> you will be. Aw, thanks. And thanks for sharing your story. And um, we are still always accepting Potter stories, so send yes. it to swishflickcast at gmail.com. Yep. Yep. All right. Green. Social media. 
All right. You can find us on Facebook at Swish and Flick Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at Swish Flickcast. Uh, you can also subscribe to our channel on YouTube and that all the podcasts are posted there as well, um, as well as some vlogs. And you can support us on Patreon for exclusive access to the Felix Files. And we are now doing a Discord chat while we record um, the episodes. So you can join us in on that. And that link is patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. Lastly, you can check out our website, swishflickcast.com, to get all of the information compiled into one spot, along with all of our merch. That's true. Yep. All right. I am on the tweeter also known as Twitter, at TiffSwish underscore Flick. Give me a follow. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have. (laughs) Um, If anybody likes Disney, you can follow Katie and I on our Disney podcast, Grown Up Kids, and it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing a a watch-through from the beginning of Disney time all the way to the future, and... uh... Yeah, we're talking about the movies. We have a lot of fun with it. We have guests on every show, so if you want to be a guest on there, hit us up. And uh, I guess I'll plug my uh, Instagram if you want to see pictures of my wife and my cats. Follow me at Skaterade7. Also, follow us on YouTube at Main Street 9 and 3 quarters yes. for our UK extravaganza trip vlogs. Yep. How about you, Sarah? Um, I don't do anything exciting with my life, but you can follow me and my boring adventures on Instagram at O'Malley. It's three H's. O'Malley. O'Malley. (laughs) Love it. All right, kids. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. (gasps) Amazing! Just my voice! (laughs) My dad keeps calling me. I wonder. You want to answer? I'm sorry. Yeah, he's called me like three times, so hold on. Okay. Behind the scenes. Hello. Swish and flick. Yeah, it's snowing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's such a freaking bad thing. Adventure. (laughs) I knew that was like gonna happen any second. Super pleasant. Yeah. (laughs) Alright.